0: of the Ward Place Gate from San Diego, California. He is Mike Dizzy Dizzieri, class of 2001. I am Tommy Chilkoharski, class of 1997, and we are Left Coast Pirates. Good afternoon, Mike. How you doing?
1: Doing well, Tom. Big East tournament's right around the corner. It's my favorite time of year. I I definitely miss being back on the East Coast at this time of year. My buddies and I used to always cut out of work on a Thursday, grab center court seats, watch the quarterfinals, have a beer. I'm going to miss it. it. It's definitely a little bittersweet, but always excited to see the Pirates at MSG.
0: And we've got a special guest to join us, Mike, to talk about that Big East Tournament. He is a Seton Hall alumnus, class of 2012. He was the voice of the Pirates' men's and women's basketball, men's and women's soccer, and baseball programs. And he was on the call for Seton Hall's 2011 Big East Championship victory. His exceptional career in South Orange was recognized soon after his departure when he was honored as just the second-ever inductee in the WSOU Sports Hall of Fame. He is currently the voice of the Frontier League's Southern Illinois Miners, for whom he has been the Director of Radio Broadcasting and Media Relations since 2014. He also writes for DailyDoseOfHoops.com. He is Jason Garrett Jason, how are you doing today? Tom, I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Me and Mike are ecstatic about how this past week went, and we're just waiting to see the Big East tournament. Speaking of this past week, I'm calling it the miracle at the rock because nobody expected a sweep. Jason, in retrospect, did you even think this was possible that the Hall could pull off this kind of feat?
2: Well, in a word, no. Uh, Going into that last stretch of the season, everybody basically said, okay, if Seton Hall wins – two of those last four games, two of those last five games, they they should be fine. I think no one thought that the two wins would be the Marquette game and the Villanova game back-to-back. I don't think anybody thought that was realistically possible considering how good both of those teams have been this year. So uh, it's certainly one of the the best weeks uh, in recent memory uh, at Prudential Center, that's for sure.
1: Jason, was there anything that kind of stood out in their play that kind of put them over the top that they corrected or they did right that put them in the position to win?
2: Well, in the Villanova game, really what stood out to me is, is the, just the completeness of the team performance. It wasn't just like the Marquette game where Miles Powell just took over. It was everybody contributing and doing their part. A couple of guys having, you know, career nights with Jared Roden and, and Sandro having just uh, career performances there. The other thing that really stood out to me is that their main issue all season Uh, was turning the ball over, particularly in the first half of Big East games. They only had three turnovers in the first half against Villanova, so they even uh, were able to fix that issue. So just the the completeness of the team performance, Miles Powell on Wednesday, and then the entire team stepping up with five and double figures on Saturday.
0: Now, Jason, most local prognosticators believe that we have punched our ticket to the tourney, while national publications are still saying we've got work to do. Do you think we're in and why?
2: I think Seton Hall is in uh, because of the quality of their non-conference schedule and the fact that they got wins in that schedule. Uh, the win over Kentucky and the win over Maryland is are the two wins that everybody points to uh, when you look at the Pirates' resume. And I, I, I think that the Seton Hall has done enough, especially with the way that, that things uh, shook out with them beating both Marquette and Villanova uh, this past week. I, I think that they're in, and... Uh, the reason that national publications, I read a couple of those, they still have work to do. The paragraphs that were under those still have work to do under Seton Hall. They basically were saying, well, Seton Hall's probably done enough, but we're, we'll, we're just going to put them here just to maybe, I don't know, cover our tracks or something like that. So uh, in my opinion, the pirates are in.
1: I agree with that sentiment, but what happens if we see a lot of bid stealers thing, you know, the, the shrinking bubble, as they put it, you know, you have a situation where like a Belmont loses uh, in their conference tournament. They were projected to be on the bubble. If you end up with enough of these, you know, VCU's Gonzaga, for some reason stubbed their toe in their conference tournament, and we're going to end up with some bid stealers. Does that put the pressure for Seton Hall to have to do some work at Big East tournament? In another
2: year, maybe, uh, but but again, Seton Hall's non-conference schedule and the strength of that schedule is the major difference here. In years past, it was not as strong. This is the strongest it's been uh, since Kevin Willard got on campus. So in another year, perhaps all of those bid stealers in the bubble is is, is ridiculous this year. You, you see like half the Big East is in those who need to do work uh, on those national publications. And and. There are just so many ways that this could shake out. So in another year with such a chaotic bubble, I would probably have a different answer. But with with the way that, that Seton Hall finished the season with their wins over two ranked teams and the what they did in their non-conference, I think they have a stronger resume than a lot of the potential bid stealers that are currently on the bubble with
0: them. Now, speaking of the Big East tournament, Jason, we've got Georgetown coming up. We split with them. We, we took them to the woodshed at the Rock. And we lost a heartbreaking double overtime down in D.C. What do you think of the matchup?
2: It's an interesting matchup. Uh, Georgetown, uh, as all Seton Hall fans saw, they're very young uh, this year. And they kind of showed their youth in that game at the Rock, particularly in the first half. Uh, But they are really, really talented. And they've been playing really good basketball since that. That, that loss at, at the Rock, I believe they followed that up with the win over Villanova at home. So they've been playing some good basketball. They've, they've, they're feeling good about themselves. Uh, the Jesse Govan factor is going to probably be a constant. Uh, he scored 20 points in both matchups, so he's obviously the guy that, that Seton Hall is going to need to focus on. Uh, Georgetown is going to come in desperate because with the win over Marquette that they got in the regular season finale a lot of people still have them in the hunt for the NCAA tournament, but if they lose to Seton Hall, I don't think they're going, they have a chance at uh, even being uh, among those like last four teams out. So they're going to come in, uh, they're going to come in with a with a pretty good sense of desperation uh, into the game. And so I think Seton Hall just has to match that because I think that the Pirates overall have the experience that's necessary to win at the Big East tournament.
1: Okay. So assuming that Seton Hall gets past Georgetown, what is, what's their realistic chance of actually making it to the finals or dare I say winning the entire tournament? Well the last few years no one wanted to be on Villanova's side of the bracket because that would
2: theoretically give them an easier road to try and get to the final. Uh, I think that kind of holds true still. I think Villanova they got the one seat again this year until someone uh, really dethrones them they're going to be the favorites and the fact that Seton Hall's not on Villanova's side of the bracket, I think might help them a little bit. Uh, Marquette certainly is is no slouch, but it the, the matchup with Villanova is, is just so tough no matter what. And even throughout this year, uh, despite the growing pains that the Wildcats have gone through, it's it's still their, their league until someone says otherwise. So uh, the realistic chance of Seton Hall making it, I, I, in this year's Big East, nothing is set in stone, nothing is certain. Uh, I do like the matchup better uh, on the non-Villanova side of the bracket for the Pirates.
0: Now, you mentioned it previously that there are a lot of Big East teams just outside of, of that bubble, and they need some work to get in. What teams outside of Georgetown do you think can make a case for themselves with some positive results?
2: Well, the number one team that sticks out to me is Creighton because they have a resume that has a good strength of schedule. They don't really have any bad losses and they're also the winners of their last five going into the uh, into the Big East tournament. So uh, Creighton certainly has a, uh, a, a good resume. A lot of uh, the prognostications, I believe, have them at either their last four in, uh, which mean, would mean a, a first four matchup in Dayton, or just maybe right on the bubble line. Uh, so Creighton uh, is definitely a team that can make a case for an at-large bid. A lot of uh, the publications also have Xavier in there. Um, Xavier also has been uh they got they got that win over St. John's in the regular season finale um they they have a pretty decent resume as well that game between the two might be uh for some a play-in game so that's that's going to be an interesting matchup uh on on Thursday uh at the garden uh those two teams along with St. John's St. John's has had their their issues as of late but they still have uh a shot at at getting uh, some quality wins, and if they have a good showing at Madison Square Garden, I can definitely see them in. Although they are trending in the wrong direction at the moment.
0: So you think St. John's has a shot at eight and ten? I mean, that'd be the first time a Big East school got a bid since 2012's UConn team, and they went they made it to the quarterfinals of the tourney.
2: Right. And it was also a much more different Big East, but the, again, the, this year is just a special season just in the conference and also on the bubble. And uh, St. John's, you know, they, they had a, they've, they've stumbled down the stretch, which is the reason why, uh, you know, the danger zone is, is right now for them. Uh, but again, if if you win a couple of games at the Big East tournament, it makes things look a little better. And, and they do have, uh, they, they do pass the eye test with the talent that they have. So, uh, I I think that St. John's is, is still in the conversation to be sure. Although if they lose that first round game against a Paul, who is certainly no slouch and I believe swept them in the regular season, I don't think you can have the Johnnies in.
1: Okay, Jason. So let's, let's be more specific. So most people say, all right, you got to get one in the big East tournament. Some of these teams you mentioned, Creighton, Xavier, St. John's, I personally don't think one gets it done. I think if they were to split, Creighton's going to be sitting at 19 and 14. Xavier will be 18 and 15 St. John's. I don't know if the poll counts as a quality win at this point, so it really doesn't bolster their resume. Do some of these teams have to go all the way to the finals? Give me give me that kind of progno- prognostication.
2: Maybe not all the way to the finals. Um, uh, Georgetown, the position that they're in, I think they're they might have the the weakest resume of those Big East teams that are currently you know on the bubble or or maybe on the outside looking in, and and a lot of the the bubble predictions at the moment have them at kind of at the, on the lower side of that. I think they might need to make it all the way to the final in order to really have a case because their uh, the blemishes on their resume are, are notable. It, it's 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 a good question, really. And the, the Creighton Xavier game is is going to be interesting because the winner could get Villanova in the quarterfinals, and obviously another win over the Wildcats would certainly be a, a check mark on there on either Creighton or Xavier's resume. So I think you might be right with with uh, some of the teams that are that are kind of based on all this craziness in the Big East that are stuck in and either playing on Wednesday as St. John's is or, or having to uh, to kind of fight through uh, the bracket there. So you, I think you might be right. Uh, the one win uh, on this year's bubble, it may, it may not be enough, but certainly a, a loss is, is, uh, is not as good as a win. And although that might seem very simple, it certainly is the case here.
0: So I think you said before you like Nova's chances – is that your prediction for the tourney winner?
2: It, it's really tough to pick anyone else uh, at this point. I mean, when when Seton Hall came came up and won it in 2016, uh, that was with, uh, as you know, a special group of of players, and it was also a matchup Seton Hall and Villanova that that Villanova just did not uh, have as many advantages in as they did over the rest of the league. They're the they're the kings of the Big East, and they've shown they've shown it to be. The case year in and year out and even this year when everybody predicted there would they would fall you know when they blo- got blown out by michigan when they got beat by Furman at home they've still started the big east season 10 and 0 so uh i prob the odds on favorite i would think to uh to certainly get back to the final and have a good shot of winning it wouldn't be the wildcats again
0: so who's your sleeper team sleeper
2: team i'm i'm, I'm i might sound Homer-ish, but, but Seton Hall, if they, if they play their A game, if they play like they did against Villanova uh, on, uh, on Saturday, they could certainly uh, get to the final and and maybe even uh, knock off Villanova once again. I mean, Seton Hall has been the toughest matchup uh, for Villanova for the last five years. So if, if it is a, a Pirates-Wildcats final, I, I can easily see Seton Hall winning that game.
1: Jason, let me ask you this. As crazy as the Big East has been this year, would you be shocked if any team actually ran the table? No. To be to be perfectly honest, no. Um, it is
2: it's just been nuts. I, I talked to so many of the of the reporters and so many of the people around the conference. They've never seen anything like what was the case with a five, I think a five-way tie at eight and nine going into the season's final day. The the conference really just cannibalized itself and every team showed that they can beat every team. DePaul swept Seton Hall, they swept st john's i believe as well so though even the even the teams that have been kind of stuck in near the bottom of the league they they rose up this year and and kevin willard said so in his uh in his post-game press conference on saturday that the bottom of the league has has come up the top of the league may have gotten a little bit softer but not much and the overall strength of the league this year is is just really strong
0: You won't get any complaints here about being homerish about Seton Hall. There's a reason we do this podcast. But let's say they have a positive Big East tournament. Let's say they win. How high can they move up in terms of seeding for the NCAAs?
2: A bunch of the prognostications that I read today have them basically as a 10 seed. A one win might not move that line at all. A couple of wins perhaps maybe as high as a nine. I I believe that that when – Seton Hall was in the uh, the 2016 field. I think that the, the the ceiling for them in terms of how they could Im- improve their seed was, was higher than it is uh, this year. Uh, so if they have a if they have a positive Big East tournament, meaning I guess if they if they make the final, I can certainly see them jumping up to a nine. Maybe if they win the whole thing, maybe maybe an eight. I, I'd have to see how the the rest of the of championship week shakes out because there's so much still yet to be decided, but. Uh, Seton Hall I think has a chance to definitely improve their seed by one if they have a couple of uh, good wins at at Madison Square Garden this coming week and, and and maybe an additional one.
0: You said earlier that you still saw the Johnnies as a potential tournament team with a little work in the Big East tournament obviously but this year seems to have a lot of teams that are sub 500 in the projected field and it's it's all i think it's kind of due to this new net metric that has replaced the old rpi i mean we've got the johnnies at eight and ten oklahoma's got a under 500 record tcu ohio state indiana indiana had a horrendous run for a bit there and they're all still kind of teetering has this just made conference play meaningless
2: you know, it's, it's interesting that this is the first year of the new metric and there's, there's, I guess a lot to be diced out and, and hashed out with, with how it actually uh, hurts or helps uh, in terms of being able to select a quality group of teams uh, into the, into the NCAA tournament. So there's, there's a lot that's still to be uh, worked out. Conference play, I don't think uh, means, I, mean, I think you've, you've put up the evidence with, with so many teams that are under 500 in their conference I'm not sure if it means as much as it used to, I guess, it, it, to an- to answer your question, I, maybe not as much as it used to, uh, especially with the uh, the way that teams really do have to, and this, this has been the case for the last couple of years, you really do have to play good teams out of your league. You have to beat the teams out of your league. You have to schedule well, and I think that the the net rating may put even more of an emphasis on, the, on that strength of schedule because it takes into account margins of uh, – victory and defeat when you're when you're home and away against these teams unlike the RPI did
1: well I'm not going to pull any punches I'm not a fan right now of the net I I understand how the metric works it definitely values more weight towards a road win and it it devalues uh, a home win and it penalizes you uh, conversely in the same exact way but I think sometimes that that is not taking into consideration The full body work. But I I want you to indulge me here, Jason. So I have a little exercise that I want to throw at you. I have a couple scenarios, and I want you to kind of play a little blind resume relative to the net. So here's how it works. I'm going to basically give you two teams, and I'm going to tell you what the nets are of those two teams. But I'm not going to tell you who has which one. I'll give you the the scope of their resume, and you tell me which team you think, or which resume fits which net score. Okay? Sure. All right. So, first example is a net of 32 for one team and a 54 for another. Team number one has a two and eight record against the quad one, six and oh against quad two, 13 and two against quads three and four, a strength of schedule of 146, and a 500 conference record. Team number two is three and 10 versus quad one, six and three versus quad two, nine and oh versus three and four. Strength a schedule of fifteen, and a conference record of nine and nine. Who do you think is the thirty-two? Who do you think is the fifty-four? I would have to
2: say, based based on the based on the criteria that you just listed and and the blindness of this of this challenge, I would say probably, I would say probably that Team B would be the thirty-two. Team A would be the fifty-four.
1: Am I correct? I would think so, but it's not. So Creighton is team two and they currently have a net of 54 and mm-hmm. team one is NC state with a 32. It just, that, that drives me nuts. Because and it's like, like you said, it just doesn't line up. Right.
2: Right. And it's interesting that you mentioned that because of what I previously said about Creighton and their, and their resume being overall pretty strong going into the big East tournament. A lot of people uh, don't feel that way about NC state and, uh, have basically designated their first-round ACC game against Clemson as a as a, uh, a play-in game, basically between two uh, teams that are that are squarely on the bubble. So, uh, again, this this is a net metric that's in its first season. So to jump to too many conclusions at this point, I think would be a little bit foolish. But uh, certainly the, the the argument can be made that it's not uh, a be-all, end-all sort of metric, like I guess it was designed to be.
1: No, I get it, but but I'm going to beat it up some more. So so play along with me one more time, okay? Okay. So net a 35 or a net a 61. Team number one, one and nine, quadrant one, Hmm. six and three, quadrant two, 12 and zero versus three and four, strength of schedule 32, conference nine and nine. Team two, six and seven, quad one, six and three, quad two, five and two versus three and four, strength of schedule 31, Also conference nine and nine. Who's the 35? Who's the 61? I would
2: think team A was the 31.
1: Clemson is team one. They are the 35. So you got that right. Team two is none other than our own Seton Hall. And they are 61. Does that feel like that lines up though? I I don't. I mean, Seton Hall has 12 quad one and quad two victories. Clemson has a total of seven and they're one and nine against quad one. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I, I don't see why the gap between us and them and Clemson for like you just said is probably on the outside looking in in a must win bubble matchup against NC state. And we are 25 spots behind them. I I, I just hope that when it comes down to seeding us for the NCAA tournament, the net metrics just doesn't play that strong of a factor.
2: Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how, how the net plays, plays into seeding. I think that'll, that'll be really the true test of, of whether or not it's, uh, something that should really uh, be uh, as important as maybe the RPI was going forward.
0: So, Jason, how many teams from the Big East do you actually think make the tourney? I'm looking at it, and I can't see more than three teams if everything breaks the way I think it's going to break.
2: You know, you know, Tom, I'm, I'm going to go with four uh, based on the fact that obviously Villanova is in, Marquette is in, and I and I have said that Seton Hall is probably in. I think that one of those one of those teams that is that's right behind uh, the Pirates in terms of Creighton, Xavier, Saint John's, uh, and and also Georgetown to an extent. I think one of those teams uh, can jump up and 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 get a and get a spot in the tournament. Uh, of those teams, uh, I, again, I think the favorite to to be that fourth team would probably be Creighton, just because of their overall strength of schedule and the fact that they don't really have a, a bad loss on their resume.
1: Jason, my concern is if they don't get four, how does that look for the Big East overall? I mean, they've never had less than four since the formation of the new Big East. Should should the fans of the Big East be rooting for one of those teams to make a run in order to bolster the overall perspective of the conference?
2: perhaps I mean the, the the league has been kind uh, the league when, obviously when it started everybody was knocking it for not being the old Big East and then it's kind of proven everybody wrong with the way that half the league has gotten into the tournament every year uh, in, in I guess if if the the overall percentage of teams that make the tournament each year really weighs heavily on on the minds of, of fans that, in terms of the strength of the league, I, I think it would obviously be important for that fourth team to make it just based on the numbers. Uh, but, but the Big East, is, uh, it, it's, it's, a, it's a strong league top to bottom at, at this year. And uh, in terms of, I guess, the national uh, national perception of the league, maybe they don't go deeper into it than how many teams get into the tournament each year out of, out of the 10. Uh, so perhaps that could help the Big East in terms of uh, the, the national scene. However, you know, they have produced two of the last three national champions and, and obviously both being being Villanova. So it, 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 the, the strength of the league has been has been evidence uh, when it has counted enough. I think that the Big East is no longer thought of as this this kind of offshoot uh, little brother sort of league like maybe it was when when it split from the old Big East.
0: Jason, expectations for this team have been all over the board. If you would have asked us in December what the expectations would be, they would be different than would have been a whole last week, and now they're different again. With that in mind, what do you think we can expect from the Pirates if they make the tournament?
2: Well, your, your guess is as good as mine. Again, they, they, have shown, they have shown to be kind of a Jekyll and Hyde sort of team at times. Uh, they have a, a, an ability to play like they did on Saturday. If, if They have an ability to play so well. Their ceiling uh, is pretty darn high, especially with a player like Miles Powell who can take over a game. And carry a team at at any given time. They can also uh, have their issues with turning the ball over excessively, which has led to quite a few of their Big East losses this year. Um, and, and the and the uh, the fact that when they when they do that, they don't have quite enough to to overcome that most of the time. So, uh, like the entire Big East, it's been it's been hot and cold for for Seton Hall this year. Uh, I think the important thing is for the Pirates in order to make the NCAA tournament and, and do well in that in the tournament is to keep playing the type of basketball they played this past week, especially on Saturday. If they can carry that over into the garden and have a good showing there and going into the tournament, I think that they certainly could, could really surprise some people perhaps with the fact that they were picked eighth in the preseason poll. They had just lost the senior class. No one thought they would do much this year. And, and obviously with what they did this past week, they're likely to to get into the tournament for a fourth straight year. So, the ceiling is high. The floor is is can also be can also be pretty low, as we've seen at times. So, uh, to to make a a true prediction uh, as to what to expect from them, I, I don't know if you can do it this year. It's it's just that kind of a year.
1: Jason, you just alluded to the fact that we were picked preseason eighth in the Big East. We 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 believe they're going to get into the NCA tournament. While they're in the NCA tournament if they happen to lose that first game, it, it still has to be considered a successful season, no?
2: Absolutely. Uh, with with the team as young as it was losing so much of the scoring, losing so much of the leadership, guys were going to have to step up. I think Powell certainly has taken into that that number one uh, alpha dog sort of role. Uh, you've seen a lot of the young players show flashes, uh, talking about uh, Mamuchelashvili and, and Jared Roden and Miles Kale. They've all done some growing up this year, and so uh, it's certainly going to be a successful season, no matter what. I think it already is uh, a successful season for the Pirates, even despite the the five hundred conference record and and sometimes uh, not playing up to their potential. I think it's definitely a, a solid season, especially given how how young the team was at the start and how they've grown since the beginning of the year.
0: Jason, we had John Fanta on last week, and he made an interesting point that I actually took a little bit of grief about that. I didn't challenge him on, but I think at the point was one of those, you had to sit back and think about a little bit, but I'm going to hit you with it. John said that this program's goal should be making NCAA tournaments. That's our place in the current kind of scheme of things. I don't know that that's a hundred percent. Right. But what are your thoughts on that? That's an
2: interesting question. Uh, It's an interesting point. Uh, you know, with with the way that the program has grown since Kevin Willard first got to campus, uh, I remember actually the, the, for those first couple of years I was still a student, so uh, you, I, I've seen kind of where the program has has gone since uh, in the last nine years, and I I don't think I don't think John uh, is is very far off. I think certainly uh, if they can continue to uh, put together. Uh, strength of schedule out of conference that they have this year. Uh, And obviously year to year is is different, but if they can continue to do that, I think there's no reason uh, with the way that the big East has, has gone the last few years. I I don't think there's a reason to lower that expectation from being able to, at the very least be, Uh, in strong contention for the NCAA tournament year in and year
1: out. I got John's point though. I think John's point was more along the lines of the landscape of college basketball relative to resources and money. I mean, obviously our conference is built around schools that do not have major big five football. And I think a lot of the resources that carry over from the football is allowing these other schools to, you know, beef up their facilities, enhance their recruiting. So, Tom and I have always talked about this. Once you start tasting success of getting to the NCAA tournament, I just don't want to be complacent. Should they be setting a Sweet 16 aspiration? And then once you get to the Sweet 16, take a shot at a random Final Four here or there. I don't think anyone's saying we have to win a national title, but one and done is also not, to me, the bar that we want to set.
2: And I, I think you're right on that, Mike. The, the The way that that men's basketball is the the number one sport in the in the Big East. I, I think you're absolutely right about the the upgrade in facilities. I think you've definitely seen that uh, in regards to Seton Hall uh, in terms of what they've been able to uh, to put in on campus. So I like the the point that that you made with the uh, with the the fact that without Power Five football, I think that that certainly with the with the resources, everybody's free to pour into basketball. Uh, in the league i I think you're absolutely right in that regard
0: well jason we never let a guest leave our show without the walk the plank segment five rapid fire questions jason we want five rapid fire answers don't think about it don't elaborate just first thing that pops to your head are you ready
1: i am ready okay question number one which pirate season was your most enjoyable to cover probably the the 2015-16 season best pirate you've seen play firsthand Best pirate I've seen play firsthand, Angel Logato. Best opposing player you have seen play firsthand. Mikhail Bridges, Villanova. Your pick to win the NCA 20 today. I have no clue. <laughs> Any pirate all-time to interview, who would it be?
2: I would probably go with Gerald Green, point guard for the 89 team.
0: You've walked the plank, Jason. Congratulations.
2: Thanks, guys. Appreciate Thanks it. for
0: spending some time with us, Jason. We really appreciate it.
1: Tom and Mike, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. So if you have enjoyed this podcast, Please listen to our previous podcasts, which include interviews with former walk-on John Yablonski, former WSOU color commentator Mike McEnany, and 1989 team manager Clark Holly. For Tom Chilkaharski, I am Mike Dizzy Dizzieri, and you have been listening to Left Post Pirates.